Hey everyone, Pratiti Pathak here. Welcome to Unpacking Brain Drama, where we talk about real life experiences, the challenges and the obstacles. Sometimes we use them to block ourselves. Sometimes we use them to grow and evolve. Here's what I want to say. Obstacles are not the things blocking our path. Obstacles are the path. So in other words, we have to grow through what we go through. So join me as we have some amazing conversations with some amazing guests. Let's go. What's up, Wednesday? Welcome to Unpacking Brain Drama. It is the middle of your week and the middle of your morning for so many of you. I know for Robert here, my guest, it is very early in the morning for him because he's in Canada. Today, I have an amazing guest for you guys. His name is Robert Gagor, and he is an EMD therapist. He has been called the celebrity savior by several media personalities, including two-time Emmy award-winning television producer, who, by the way, worked with Oprah. I believe he just told me well before we hit the record button and he has also been working alongside of busy elite professionals celebrities established entrepreneurs and Robert is achieving accelerated mental health transformations where clients are really just saving themselves so he's a creator of the total immersion EMDR and I know this really well because Robert and I met through LinkedIn so networking is a thing people get on there and network 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 he invited me to a round table talk with emdr therapy and i was just like yes i'm all in and uh this is how you meet an amazing human in canada making great changes in the world good morning robert welcome good morning thanks for having me so I'm going to dive deep and I want you guys to know this is a pretty special episode. It's going to be a part one and part two. You guys are in part one right now. And part two is going to be in a couple of weeks and it's going to be all about my own personal journey with all of my brain drama that I have 100% unpacked with Robert through really deeply immersing myself um, through long periods of time. And it's just been truly, um, I don't want to just say amazing or transformational, but it's been enlightening and it's just been a whole different perspective of myself. And I've been loving it. I've been loving it. It's been a few weeks, almost a month now since I've been my, you know, my brain has completely changed shape. So before I go any further, because I love talking about this, but I want you to share with us what exactly you're doing. What is EMDR therapy? How is it helping and changing people's lives? And what, what brought you to it? Great questions. Um, and, uh, and thanks for, you know, for having me on here and, and doing the work with me. Um, it's a, it's a real pleasure for me to actually do this work. It's, it's, it's my passion. So, um, really what EMDR is, it's a very long name. So the acronym is much easier. So it's eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. Obviously that's a mouthful and I can't even say it every time. So there you go. Um, so EMDR, essentially what it is, it's a neurological treatment approach. So we're actually, it's not talk therapy. We're not coming in every session and how was your week and then going through and deciding what to do today. It's very structured. And what we're actually doing is we're changing the brain. When Pratiti says she's changing her brain, you're actually, that's what's happening. We're changing the neural pathways in your brain to become more adaptive 
to your life now. And in order to do that, we have to remove, you know, the impacts of trauma um, in our brain from whenever, way back when. And it's very interesting because we do something called bilateral stimulation. So um, eyes are moving back and forth or we're tapping like this. You've seen Prince Harry do this on Oprah's show doing this and because he did uh, EMDR as well. A number of other celebrities have. And um, it's it's very interesting because uh, quite a few reasons. We don't need homework or nothing like that. It's well, yeah. So that's essentially what it is. It's very, you know, it's an, in the nutshell, but it's a very structured approach. It's, a, it's an amazing thing that happens, right? I mean, we are literally unwiring and rewiring our brain. And I talk about this a lot. I talk about change and our brain. It's like the very first thing that we ever discuss. And it's because we're programmed through all of our life experiences, so many of them in our childhood. But we forget that we're currently experiencing things on a regular basis that may trigger things that happened in the past, or they may have a more of an impact on us now because of something that happened in the past that we maybe didn't recognize. One of the things that was truly amazing for me and just something that was unexpected was... um, I knew that intellectually I understood a lot of things and I had really felt like I had processed and taken, like I had a hold of so many things that had gone on in my life and I felt like I had them under control. Yeah. And what was, what was happening was I still out there doing work and as an entrepreneur and trying new things and, and definitely doing things that we're afraid of failing at or were, you know, whatever different relationships that we're in. Um, what I noticed is that there were things that were just holding me back and I couldn't quite put my finger on like, you know, I understand that I'm smart enough to do this. So why aren't I doing it? And I didn't realize that there's something that's underlining going on. And the difference between understanding something intellectually so different than actually processing the emotion. And that's when we say limiting beliefs. I feel like there are times where we can figure out intellectually what the limiting belief might be. Oh, yeah. Then being able to process it through our body is a whole separate thing. Yeah, I talk about that often as being like a knife in your leg. You know, you show up to your therapist, you say, ow, this really hurts right here. <laughs> like, help me with this knife in my leg. And if you've done a lot of talk therapy and a lot of other types, which are all fantastic and they have their place, so don't get me wrong. But it's like, you know, I can, I can, I know where it came from, who did it, why it happened, how I can cope with it now, but there's still a knife in my leg and I have to take that out. So, yeah. Yeah, and exactly. So, you know, let me ask you something. I know because I had done a lot of work in on myself and in this area and I had done all like a, a lot of research. Is there something that somebody should do? Like what first let me before I even go there, who should come to you? Uh people that are, you know, well, let me, let me answer that in, in two ways. So people can come to me for one reason, and people can go see an EMDR therapist as well. So EMDR will work with just about everybody and anybody. So that's really important. It doesn't, you don't have to be, you know, something you know unique to, to be a candidate for EMDR therapy. For me, I focus more on professionals who are, you know, in busy professions that, you know, have a small margin of error, whether that be finances or, 
um, life, you know, surgeons, for example, like you, you kind of don't want to make a mistake. So people that are really on that, you know, um, incredibly stressful situation, either with their careers or their relationships, or in some manner, those are who I really um, excel working with, because uh, I work really quickly compared to most other therapists out there. In fact, I, I don't really know who else works like me. So that's, that's, that's the difference. Okay. So like, so let me even say, take it one step further. Okay. I understand the entrepreneur and somebody who's got these busy schedules or somebody who's got to be precise in, in what they're doing, but what would compel somebody to come to you? Like, do, do they think, Hey, there's definitely something wrong with me, or I've gone through a major trauma. I think that sometimes we forget that we are deeply affected by the smaller things that maybe happen more consistently over our throughout our lifetime can you kind of touch on what type of traumatic events should somebody come to you with it's a really good point actually and many people don't know the difference you know they they think well i don't need emdr because that's for traumas for ptsd it's for you know car crashes assaults and you know the obvious traumas natural disasters things like that but also it's anything, it could be anything that at any point in time, your brain was overwhelmed and you felt powerless or helpless during. So that's a lot of things for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, you I know. think, I mean, when you're working in this space, something that I have really recognized has just been such a great awareness is no matter where you are in the world, and no matter whether you're a man, a woman, like it just doesn't matter what age, we all have this underlining thought that is I'm not good enough in some way, whether you know we're too fat, we're too skinny, we're not smart enough, we don't have the right education. Like there's something yeah. about us. And it's mainly because what I've noticed is things that happen in our lives, it's one thing to say, hey, that didn't go right. But it's usually something like that didn't go right because there's something wrong with me. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So like usually one of the, so there's a few core beliefs that, that many people carry um, something like, you know, there's something wrong with me is a, is a very deep one. I don't deserve to be here is another one. I don't belong. You know, I was not wanted. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough, et cetera. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of love. I'm not worthy of success, of happiness. You know, the list goes on and on and on as to what those negative beliefs are. And it's really important to say, you know, these, these aren't cognitively impacting you necessarily. You may think them at times, but this is really something you feel. So it's feel, it's felt in the body. You know, when you said Pratiti that, you know, I, 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 cognitively understood i processed intellectually what where everything came from and all that which is fantastic and what you're doing in that sense and other people are hopefully is they're building their adaptive neural network that's the that's like the positive network i am good enough i am smart enough i am pretty enough whatever that is like for you right for the person but those negative beliefs they're actually part of a neurological network that you know includes the body it includes the whole nervous system and when you feel that way you feel it. That's that's the important thing. The emotions are felt in the body. That was um, something that I didn't expect um, in the way that it was. And I cannot even wait, people, to tell you my own experience through this. But 
to be able to like it it it's it's literally what i call like it's doing my work on steroids right because we're unwiring certain habits and creating new habits but through our belief systems which what you uncover is what those actual belief systems are because for so many of us we don't even know what it is that we do or don't believe it's just mm-hmm. something like we just we talk about our gut our intuition like i just I just know that this is the right way to go or this is the right thing to do, but we don't really can't put a finger on why we think that. Yeah. And I think being able to identify it in the body and where it is, what color, what shape, like how it's moving through your body is so it's, it's such a different experience that most of us, unless we're doing that work or going somewhere to get that work done, unless something major happens to us, we don't really end up looking for what we call help. Yeah. And this isn't, I, I want to really emphasize this. Yes, it's a super, super powerful um, way to address and heal from major, major trauma. You know, for sure, if you're somebody who's been attacked or hurt in some way or abused or, you know, you had a traumatic moment go on in your life, then for sure, right? You're out there looking for help. But if you're somebody who's just gone through or or just somebody like, I I know so many people, especially today that are struggling so deeply with anxiety. I'm a mother who's lost a child. The thing that was taken from me through that loss was this feeling of safety. I always felt safe and secure. Like anytime my kid was around, I was just like, oh, it's all good. We're good. You know, even though he was the child and I was supposed to be protecting him, there was just a very uh, satisfied, fulfilled, safe feeling around him. And the feeling of emptiness and aloneness is not necessarily enough for somebody to go seek help or therapy, if you will. They're like, ah, I'm going to go to grief counseling, but it's only to address I lost somebody. It's yeah. not to address everything that gets get comes along with one trauma. And an important thing as well to to note is that for some people, these, you know, this emptiness, as you're calling it, it it could have been around from as long as they remember. So for them, it's normal. There's nothing, this is just how life is. And so it can be very challenging to think, oh, my life can be different. I don't, how, what is that difference? So like, you know, the, the, the idea isn't even there yet. So actually, I get a lot of people that come into me, of course, for the obvious, you know, I was in this sort of attack and this sort of obvious trauma. But then I'll also get clients that are referred by, say, their doctor when they say, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just have this like my my heart's, you know, pounding all the time. And they might not even understand what anxiety is or they say I'm anxious, but there's no reason for me to be anxious. Everything's fine in my life. You know, I've had a great childhood and all those, which I don't think exists. I think (laughs) nobody escapes childhood unscathed is what I say. Um, So, but that, that could be, you know, the, the, you know, emotions are felt in the body. So if you're not dealing with it up here, um, right, with what's actually going on, then the body's going to tell you something's wrong. So it can show up as illnesses, it can show up as all different types of physiological issues. And then that could be, you know, what, what brings somebody into therapy, especially if they try all the medical tests and find nothing. That's a very good point. And, you know, I was uh, listening to something and I, I, it it was on EMDR and I remember hearing um, maybe it was a therapist or or just somebody who uh, was talking about it, but they were saying that, you know, 
when you're in, like, if you're somebody who's just gone through a lot of things in your life, like I would say, I'm somebody who's gone through a lot of things in my life, but if you're always in that survival mode, right, you, you identify, we, we all identify in a certain way. And I for sure um, would say that I identified as like, I'm a survivor. I'm always going to make it. I'm a fighter, but that's actually like a, a defense mechanism we're not really addressing it, that's still, um, which I didn't realize was a way of avoiding and resisting processing what actually was going on. So can you touch a little bit on that, on how that's actually a good thing and something that still needs to be cleared up? Yeah. And it's, and it's really, um, and for, especially with the clients that I tend to work with, you know, high performing professionals, um, that drive is actually, it, it sort of was positive in a way. So, you know, there's something missing or some actual, you know, uh, stressful environment that forced them to become this high performer. So in that regard, it's been beneficial for the individual, you know, now I'm a CEO or now I'm a, a realtor and I'm selling all kinds of houses. Like I'm doing well in my life, but well, and then something falls apart. That's that's at that point, you know, what used to be coping used to be beneficial is now causing some sort of detriments, no longer adaptive. So that might show up as, you know, bodily sensations or it could show up as anxiety or it could show up as physical issues or addictions or behavior that you're not, you know, interested in, you know, continuing anymore, whatever that might be. And so then it starts to fall apart. And then the client's like, well, you know, I don't know what's what's going on. I've always been like this about like, help me. <laughs> I don't uh, help. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, and I, I, um, I hear exactly what you're saying. And as I want to add deep depression to that. What you just said is like, you know, somebody who's always been going through things is kind of used to going through things. And we feel like that's just our normal life. That's how it's going to be. You know, why me? And I guess that's just all I'm good enough for getting though. When we're in that, like, I know how to get through the getting knocked down and getting up again over and over. That's great, right? We're building up uh, this resilience muscle. Great. But then when something huge happens, I just happened to be talking to a client yesterday and it, you know, they lost their child. And when something huge like that happens, it shakes every piece of belief you ever had. And mm-hmm. if you are somebody who has kind of keep going through the riptide, right? Like the, what's that called? You know, when you keep getting pulled under, yeah, um, yeah. when something so huge like that happens and we, especially as women, as parents, we wrap our identity around our children. And um, then all of a sudden this kind of sad depressed life that we've been like you know why is always bad so i'm always getting bad things handed to me when something like that gets handed to you you feel like what's the use what's the point why bother and that's when the deep depression anxiety panic suicidal thoughts like all of it because you find yourself in some really dark spaces so is that something that somebody could come to you and get help through Oh, 100%. And, and people do, you know, so sometimes it takes those horrific moments of trauma and tragedy to, you know, shock the person enough to go get help. Um, so absolutely. But I also, you know, a great analogy of, of what we're talking about here is, is the frog that's going into the pot of water, right? So if you put a frog into a hot water, you know, immediately it's going to jump out. 
right? Because mm -hmm. it no, ah, that's that's your obvious trauma. And then if you put a frog in, you know, cold water and slowly increase the temperature over several decades, it's not going to know that it's in boiling hot water until the point where you know either somebody pours even hotter water on it, right? Which is the obvious trauma, the the trigger point to get into therapy. You know, so or that just dies, you know, and we're talking about suicide and stuff like that, where the person just, you know, I don't want to say gives up because I actually I have different beliefs about suicide. But um, it's it's certainly very interesting when we talk about it that way. That's obvious is serious, obvious trauma and then covert. You know, I don't really know I'm being traumatized my whole life type trauma. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even want to touch on suicide because it's such a huge thing. And um, I know that myself um, going through the loss of my son, Bevan, and going through such deep grief like that, we are we can be in some really dark spaces. And unless we either have the tools, A, to get out of that dark space ourselves, or have somebody that we know when we're in a dark space, we can call to help talk us out off the ledge, if you will. Um, you know, some resource that we have. Um, I know they have suicide hotlines and things like that. But um, very, very often than not, people when they're in that state they don't want they don't even think there is help so it doesn't make sense for them to actually reach out in that moment um what are some small things that we could uh do to prepare is it does it make sense to prepare for an uh a, a session with you and or any other emdr therapy and how long are normally the session? Like, give us a little bit about like, what's the process? I know there's different levels and. Yeah, uh, really good. <laughs> it's definitely complicated to, for people when, when they're just learning about it. So, you know, if you're feeling confused right now and, and you're interested, you know, that's, it's awesome. You know, just, just slow down. We'll, it'll all make sense in a minute. So, um, it's uh you don't have to prepare at all which is really exciting for a lot of people you know they think oh i have to get all my ducks in a row before i'm no no you just show up show up as you are you don't have to put on a mask or anything like that just you know, say hello <laughs> i'm robert and i'd like some emdr therapy you know whatever that is so you show up and the emdr therapist especially if they're certified you know with emdria for example um, they're going to know what to do. They're going to know exactly how to, you know, take the goals. What, what do you want out of therapy? How do we know that we're done is the question, you know, often asked, right? Like, what do you really want out of this? Um, so that's it. And then the other question maybe is, is, you know, are you prepared for this to actually happen? Sometimes people are a little bit taken aback, but, oh my God, my life actually changed. I didn't expect it to do that so quickly. And that can be a little jarring. So I like to you know, encourage people just, hey, if this happens, what might be at stake if you get well? And so think about that. And if you can, if that feels fine for you, then you're ready for EMDR therapy. Um, you don't have to have any tools ahead of time. The EMDR therapist will teach you tools to what I call hitting the brakes before we hit the gas. Right. So there's there's eight phases of EMDR. And the first two phases are history taking like you would sort of with every other type of therapy or coach or something like that. And then we're going to teach some preparation tools, which um, are various different tools to help bring affect emotions down so that, you know, if we're talking and something comes up, then we can we can put it away if need be. And then everything and then there's, you know, more stages that come after that. But um, yeah, there's absolutely nothing you have to do to get ready. 
the um, session lengths can vary. Session lengths can be as, as low as 45 minutes, you know, for a session to, for me, as high as five hours, you know. Um, so that's very unique uh, the way that I work. But generally speaking, EMDR therapists will be at 60 minutes to 90 minutes is sort of the, the norm. Um, and then, you know, it depends. So if you do that, what I call pay as you go, you're looking at, you know, it, well, I can't say how long that might be, but it's going to be quite a bit shorter than most people are expecting. So for me, it could take as, as little as, as, you know, three or four days. That's as long, you know, if we're doing five hour sessions, it can be really, really quickly and we're done. Um, and then we might just do some maintenance, you know, as we go here on and you know, over the future. But um, otherwise, people can you know, expect three, six, nine, 12 months, depending on the complexity of the issues. Um, so that's, it's hard to say how long, you know, to expect, but that's the session time is usually 60 to 90 minutes. Yeah, just a session time, because of course, each and every human is different and we've all gone through different experiences. So it's not just going to, so, you know, just to be a little clear, we can come to you for not just one thing, right? We can address lots of different things, right? Even if they're like small, like, hey, you know, I you know, I don't know why every single time I make money, I just am broke again. It's yeah. because maybe you have not the best relationship with money. Um, yeah. and, and why, what is the belief system around money? So I'm just using yeah. that as a small example. So, yeah. you know, the five hour session that you mentioned, um, which is what I, I did because that just made the most sense, right? I'm like, let's go. I want instant gratification. I want all the answers now, yeah. but, um, it made more sense to me because if you have deeper things to uncover, they may take a little bit longer. And the last thing that I want it to happen is to be right at a breaking point and then my session would be over. So um, that would be one reason on why I think that. And it sounded to me like we don't really need to prepare to come to you ahead of time, but maybe the only preparation is that like, hey, if I were to stop feeling anxiety or if I were to stop feeling depressed or anxious or uh, negative about certain things, areas of my life, what would change in my life? And sometimes it's people. Maybe I would change my marriage uh, situation. Maybe I would change the relationships I'm in. Maybe I would have to get, you know, let people out of my life in order for me to go on. Um, so maybe that's part of our preparation is to consider um, what would it be like if I didn't feel this way anymore or if I didn't think this way? Is it a trigger that we get from a certain experience when something else comes up and we don't really know what the connection is? Yeah. So, so if, if you're, so we can be triggered for positive and negative things, just, you know, for, you know, information, like every time I smell uh, like sugar donuts, I think of my grandma, you know, and so that that's a positive trigger for me. Uh, but negative triggers are every time I'm in a stressful situation, I want to run. Right. Every time my partner raises his, their voice, I'm out of here. Right. Or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm aggressive. All, I don't know where it came from. I just, I'm just fighting with the taxi driver. I had a big CEO one time that came to work with me. He said, Robert, I'm such a, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah. I, you know, I, 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 I yelled at the, ta the taxi driver three times on the way over here to my office. <laughs> well, that's coming from somewhere. So that's a trigger point. Just somebody's not doing what I want them to do for me. And mm. you're, um, you know, trigger points. So anything. Uh, and I also say, even that question can be 
triggering for people and, you know, thinking about what would me, what would be, what would change in my life if I got what I wanted that in self, it could be a trigger. So in even, even, um, even safer approach is just get more information about EMDR. You know, read my book, for example, I'll, you know, give it away for free. Whoever wants to you know, DM me or you just let me know. And I'll, I'll give that away for free. This book's amazing is I need therapy because, you know, we all do. We all <laughs> need to uncover some things that for sure are holding us back. None of us, like you said, none of us go unscathed out of this life. And exactly. whether there's, you know, small scrapes and bruises or there's big broken bones, I mean, <laughs> right? Speaking of broken bones, my finger, by the way, everybody is doing great. I Yay. am out of my cast. And uh, just in case anybody was wondering what was going on with my little finger. Um, <laughs> Very happy to hear that. <laughs> I know. So, um, you know, gosh, I, this is why it has to be a two-part. It may end up being so much more. We And you guys, I know that we're kind of at our time right here. Um, there's so many questions I'm sure you guys have. Go ahead and put it in the comments. We're going to make sure that we keep an eye on this and address everything. And I also put in the links um, where you can uh, find Robert on LinkedIn to, you know, if you're so compelled to join us on the roundtable talks. There's so much knowledge happening, so much information, just so much um um, just so much awareness um, around yourself and what goes on. And yeah. they're, they're just really great. You don't have to participate if you want to just sit and listen and, and just be in the, be in the conversation or by all means, raise your hand, ask questions. Robert's really, really good at answering more questions than here that I asked him here. <laughs> um, if you want to do a deep dive on something that personal to yourself. And also I have the, um, uh, link on there for his website. So you can go right ahead and contact him. And Robert, do you do um, consultations? How do you, how do you uh, first meet with people? Yeah, they're free consultations. So there's a link on my website or in, in my, all my links, uh, you just click it, find a time that works for you. And we'll, we'll talk. There are no obligation. They're just information, making sure there's a fit or pointing the people in the right direction or deciding if we're going to go forward together. Simple. Yeah, because um, number one, everybody, just so you know, you know, sometimes we go through things that, you know, we have a lot of shame around and we don't want our stuff out there in the open. So if you want to privately send me a note, you don't, and, and if you don't even want me to know, you can privately DM um, yeah, uh, Robert and, you. or just go onto his calendar and say, Hey, make sure you tell him that you, you saw him here and, uh, maybe he can send you a book and that yeah. would probably be really amazing. So to all of you, what, what's up Wednesday listeners. Thank you so much. I know some of you follow me live here. Some of you can't get on at 11 AM because of your jobs and your busy schedules and you watch the recordings. Um, Put your comments in because, like I said, we're definitely going to address them. And also, um, feel free to listen to it when the podcast episode comes out. It'll be on Unpacking Brain Drama, wherever you listen to all of your podcasts, your favorite stuff. And then definitely follow up. Now, next week, we're going to be live in Mexico because I'm going to be at the Riviera Maya. And I'm going to be doing a workshop out there next week. Uh, I'll be gone. And then we will do our follow-up with Robert the following week. And uh, 
We're going to just dive deep on all my personal stuff that came up and came out. And uh, it's been quite- You're not going to want to miss that. No, you're not going to want to miss that and be like, what? We're going to unpack Pratiti's exact brain drama? We're in. So thank you so much, Robert. I know Robert is in Canada. It is like 8.30 in the morning for you right now. So I appreciate your time and- uh, My pleasure. Value our our friendship. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Pratiti. And thanks for everybody that's uh, here with us. Have a great day, guys. Um, Enjoy the rest of your middle of your weekday and finish out the week strong. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Unpacking Brain Drama Podcast. You'll find links for all the things mentioned below in the show notes. And it would be incredibly awesome if you would take a quick moment to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. If you'd like to be considered as a guest on our podcast, be sure to go to www.resultsbydesigncoaching.com for a free 30-minute coaching session. Thanks so much, guys. See you next time.